Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. Yes, I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. So this is normally the part of the show where we would talk about what we will be doing this week. Yeah. But well, it's, it still is. Yeah, it still is. But <laughs> I had a bit of a whoopsie doodle. Yeah, well, that, I, that's nice of you to take so much ownership, but I think it's really more about us being... Not professional sound engineers? Chaotic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the inherent chaos of the project. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So our things this week are... Wait, what are they? Lionel Richie. Yes, and Seven Samurai. And Seven Sam and the film Seven Samurai. Which we thought was an inherently funny combination. I don't know exactly why, but we did. Did we think that? We I don't did. remember what we thought. We th- So we did record them before, but it's lost to time. But it also, it doesn't matter because we didn't have anything. Yeah, truly, truly, it was the first time where we got on the mic. We were like, yeah, both of us were like, I I have no idea what this experience is going to be for either of us. Yeah. And I think I was a little like, also, I've never really lied about these things. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's sort of like we're departing a little from the spirit of the thing. Mm hmm. But also, like, they are important things. Yeah. And as a former anime nerd who really does enjoy a good action movie, I have lied about Seven Samurai to a few people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was excited to do it. So should we start with... Yeah. I think I was mostly, like, I have implied that I understand Nicole Richie's, (laughs) like, from whence she came. Yeah. And I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't. Sure, 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 sure. So I think now that you are joining us here, listeners, we are already in the future. So you yeah. don't need to get our initial impressions. We've already given them to you. So should yeah, we just... Yeah, they were. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. So should we just start with Lionel Richie on the count of imaginary four? Sure, yeah. Okay, great. You want to count us in? Okay, one, two, three. Boo! Not kind of a meh. Yeah, God. Our friend Kyle has this thing that he says about bad stand-up comics where... People will go on stage and just start telling jokes with no point of view. They give you nothing about who they are as people. Sure. And he just wants to yell at them, like, who are you after five minutes? Sure. And that is how I feel listening to Lionel Richie. Okay. Like, here are the things that I, after listening to four Lionel Richie albums several times through, here are the things I've learned about Lionel Richie. Yeah. Lionel Richie likes when he is near his baby. Yeah. Lionel Richie likes to party all night. (laughs) Lionel Richie does not like... To be far away from his baby. Sure. <laughs> Lionel Richie does appreciate when his baby comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the things I have learned about Lionel Richie after listening to many hours of his oeuvre. Yeah. I don't love, there's like a point of view of music. There's like an angle of music that is just this like false to me sounding woman worship. Yeah. There's just like, there's a whole like point of view of music that happens over a couple of decades where it's just like... Ooh, everything about you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't... And I th- I'm worried that it's going to sound racist because I feel like that point of view comes more from black artists and I feel like I'm... Is that a wrong thing to set up a... To, to draw a line about? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so because I'm... I feel like I'm responding to the same thing. It feels like sanitized. Like something about It feels his... like that... I'm trying to think like what... Like when do white people do that? And it's like Christian rock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I see. I can't think I I feel like I can't think of like white men crooning 
in the same way about like no there's that like you're beautiful yes yes like that mood mm-hmm. of no it it crosses over okay i'm not okay i'm not racist no 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 because <laughs> i i was responding to the same thing where i was listening to this and he's got a couple of decent songs i'm not saying he is without talent we are not saying that he is completely without value yeah i but- think i i from just our reactions on for it i think i i had a less strong reaction than you i think it's i the- was like pretty bored yes i was incredibly bored and i didn't regular listeners will know that i i usually try to listen to like a, an album that we've identified as like an important one mm-hmm. like several times like i don't i don't feel that one listen means that i now know this artist but about this i did feel that way <laughs> Yeah, I was like, like, one listen is going to have to do because I don't because I got it. Mm -hmm. I got it. I don't need to listen to it again. And I'm and I'm I'm very bored and not in a way like I feel like there were moments of Donna Summer where I was like, I need to push through like this all sounding much of a muchness to me. I need to push Mm -hmm. through that. And this I, I felt no desire to push through. Yeah, same. At his best, he, I'm glad you brought up Donna Summer because at his best, he makes me feel like I was, I wish I was listening to Donna Summer. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Like when I listen to Dancing on the Ceiling, which is like fine as an album, but it has literally an hour and 20 worth of fluff added into it for yeah. the extended release. Yeah. I was listening to it. I was like, I kind of just wish I was listening to Bad Girls. Yeah. Like, and so I threw on Bad Girls and I was like, yeah, the first seven tracks, six or seven tracks of this are excellent every time. Yeah. And there's just like more to them. There's just. There's more to sink your teeth into. Yeah, exactly. They're more toothsome. Yeah. They're, I, okay, so I started with the compilation Back to Front. Is that yeah. what it's called? Mm-hmm. Because I felt like that was going to sort of pull some of the stronger tracks of the, the height of his career together in one place. And I was like, oh no, this is. This is very dreary. Yeah, it is. And then I was like, okay, let me just, let me not do that five more times. Instead, I'm going to listen to Dancing on the Ceiling. And I actually popped Dancing on the Ceiling, the title track, on my 80s mix. Yeah, like that's a decent song. Yeah. And so I was glad that I went to that album because I feel like whoever chose what was compilation worthy really leaned into like one sound that he mm-hmm. makes. And I don't think he, he makes like one and a half sounds. Yes. But that half sound was more what I was interested in. Same. And like from the perspective of like, how do these things influence the kind of music that I like to listen to now? There is like a like a smooth synthy. I'm trying to think of like a like who makes this kind of music that I'm picturing that like that have like an 80s synthy vibe but are made now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I like mm-hmm. <laughs> imitation imitation Toto. <laughs> yeah, Toto, Toto. Um, yeah, but I'm trying to think of who's doing it. Like Let's Eat Grandma. Yeah, you got I, you got me there. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I yeah. I I see what you're saying. There's like a certain vibe to it. Yeah, is... yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a just like a chill out, mm-hmm. like brain massage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that I feel like this. I can hear like the if Let's Eat Grandma was like yeah we listen to Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Lionel Richie is an inspiration for us. I'm assuming Let's Eat Grandma is a band. I don't actually know. It could be a single person. <laughs> I would not be surprised mm-hmm. to learn that. And I would be like, oh, okay, cool. I feel like at Lionel Richie's best, mm-hmm. okay, you wanted it to be Donna Summer. I wanted it to be Prince. Mm, okay. 
Like at the the stronger moments, I was yeah. like, I wish this would just turn into a Prince song. Yeah, I could see that too. But Prince just has so much more like so much more going on. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, I think it also helps that like when you listen to a Prince song, you know that for a lot of them, Prince was playing all the instruments. Right. So like it, it is a Prince song T to B. And just like just like innovating what what the soundscape of a funkadelic song could be yeah (laughs) it's hard when you're going back in time because like i don't know like maybe maybe lionel richie was super original but it it doesn't really sound like it yeah it doesn't sound like innovation no it sounds like let's take some things that are going on right now sonically Mm -hmm. and make them easier to digest yeah which is not necessarily something that I'm opposed to. <laughs> right, right. As a fan of pop. Yeah, I mean, Donna Summer is not sonically difficult. Right. You know, but she is, there's just more going on. I don't know, yeah, it's, but I, no, I feel like that's, especially like, like, I feel love and what's the one that's the 20 minute song? Oh, just, Love like, to Love You Baby. Happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, it's smooth, mm-hmm. but it's more complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas, Ari described Lionel Richie as just picking one phrase and repeating it over and over with like a fairly decent beat in it the was background. Ve- it was very elevatory. Yes, yes. Also, does he is he at all Caribbean? No, which I think is a little problematic. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of faux Caribbean vibes. There, yes, yes. That I sort of didn't know what to do with. It's like, oh, oh well, I I should just listen to like a reggae band yeah yeah like when he does all night long which is another decent song yeah yeah and he's just like doing the accent and you're like why are you doing this man yeah you don't need to do that like i just listened to your last song and you don't sound like this (laughs) yeah throwing in little like flourishes yeah i also have this feeling i'm now that we're recording i'm like remembering things that i was gonna look up i have this feeling that he maybe worked with david foster who appeared on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a couple of seasons mm. and was just an absolute shithead. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I don't um, know. The thing I learned about Lionel Richie that I think is funny is he is the most popular musical act in the Middle East. Like, mm. to this day, he is incredibly popular there. Whoa. He's gone on, like, many multi-country tours of the Middle whoa, East. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, okay. recently. Which I think is... That's so it's just like such a random choice yeah i feel like i learned once that the like ivory coast Mm -hmm. area yeah loves american country music huh like really like mainstream tim mcgraw huh i would not have guessed like tractor ballads yeah i don't remember where i learned that but it's yeah it's just like funny what what american music catches the ear of like i wonder why i just wonder why yeah i don't know and it is <laughs> it kind of speaks to me that it's like okay lionel richie you don't need to speak english to feel something when you listen to lionel richie sure which on the one hand is positive because it speaks to the universality of his music but on the other hand it's a little bit damning of his lyrical complexity yeah well so i feel like here we are now back at like just the 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 repetition of the theme of like my god woman you're so perfect you deserve everything like he leans on it so hard and it just like doesn't feel 
Like, it's probably how he's really showing up in his relationships or how most people show up in their relationships or even how they necessarily should. Yeah. Like, that's not, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i so gay, so who knows? But I, I don't feel like that's what I want. Sure. What I, I don't feel like that's what I would want from a, a male partner. Sure. To be like, you make the ground perfect when you step on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, oh. Think a little bit about what we were talking about last time with Taylor Swift, where it doesn't need to all be real. Like, it doesn't need to actually be stories from his life about his interactions with people. Right. But the problem is he's only giving us one vibe. Yeah, I just, like, don't... I have a long-standing beef with any song that asserts that I, the listener, am beautiful. Mm. Because you, the songwriter, have not met me. Mm-hmm. And you could not possibly know whether that's true or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to make we inflate the the currency of uh, uh, how important it is to a female identity to be beautiful when we flood the market with songs that that, that reassure you mm-hmm. that like you definitely are. Because if that's the one thing that if you weren't like rut row for you. <laughs> bummer for you bummer for you (laughs) that's a a survivor deep cut yeah so i feel like even though this i don't know he probably were any of those songs did any of those songs say that i can't remember what they said i just remember that they gave me that same vibe of like don't say all that don't Mm -hmm. don't say all that like you don't really know you don't really know the situation yeah okay so when we were talking when we talked about garbage we we had this whole discussion of who decides if something is serious or silly yeah and i was like i cannot put my finger on why but lionel richie is definitely silly yes yes if if you ask me like why what's the difference don't know but he is definitely silly but i feel like some people would not say that Uh, yeah but like that's what's so confusing about the the whole discussion (laughs) yeah exactly but like donna summer serious like fun light yeah but serious yeah yeah i'm amazed this didn't come up about taylor swift because i think most people would say that taylor swift is definitely silly but i personally think that she's way more serious yes i agree lionel richie yes 100 percent. because there's there's complexity there you're getting a picture of who she is as a person which brings me back to my original point I don't know anything about Lionel Richie. Yeah. You've said a bunch of times, like, I don't know if this is actually how he feels. I don't know if this is actually how he feels either. And to a certain degree, what he actually, actually feels doesn't matter. But we're not getting any sense of interiority. It feels disingenuous. Yeah. And that it is so much about, like, I guess it just, like, it gave, it gave me a little, especially the the back to front, not less the dancing on the ceiling, because that was, there was more, let's get down. Yeah. Let's cut a rug or just, like, nonsense syllables i feel like Mm -hmm. but the back to front it just felt like song after song about it it just gives me the i just don't i just i just don't love it it's like it's like if you're gonna be if it's gonna feel disingenuous but it's all about like our attitude towards our female romantic partners yeah and like i just don't like that yeah i agree i'm gonna use an analogy that I heard once on a podcast a couple years ago talking about season 10 of Drag Race, talking about the drag queen Sugarcane. Do you remember Sugarcane? No. Well, this this <laughs> actually this actually helps illustrate my I point. I truly don't. Her drag was all really good because she had a really high budget because she was a finance person who became a drag queen. And someone was like, if you tried to grow a drag queen in a lab, 
it, you would wind up with sugarcane. Everything they're doing is technically correct. Yeah. In some ways, very good. Yeah. But there's just something about him where you're like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I do don't feel like care. he has male easy voice, which is yeah. much rarer than female easy voice. Yeah, and I think I asked you like months ago now, like, do, can you think of a man with easy voice? And you were like, mm, I don't know. So yeah. No, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. He's not without his talent. The, f- the first Greg on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, Santino Fontana. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he's the only one sure and Lionel Richie yeah and Lionel Richie yeah but you put it all together and I don't know if it's the songwriting I don't know what it is it, it just I, I just, don't yeah, care yeah, yeah it yeah. just like just doesn't land meh, meh, meh. yeah 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 I just I there were certain like precursors that I could identify that I was like I suppose that I'm glad this music was made yeah so that music now could be made but also like I'm not sure that any of it needed to, just because i can i can hear it in lionel richie doesn't mean that it wouldn't have developed right in his absence yeah or that it wasn't also being developed by other you know like we can't actually go to the 80s right mm-hmm. <laughs> and like hear it for the first time oh that would be such a cooler podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we can't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so which is the only reason why we're not doing it yeah so i guess let's ask our questions who is this for People who like to just, like, fucking chill out, man. Yeah. It's probably for some people's, like, sex mixes. Sure. Like, if that's, that's not the vibe that I want to set in the bedroom. But no. I could, but some people, it probably is. Yeah. A backyard mix. Like, I think you could pro like, it's very Yacht Rock. Yeah. And so I- Listen, Dancing on the Ceiling, I was happy to- Add to my 80s mix. Yeah. Dancing on the Ceiling and All Night Long, I feel like, are actually decent songs. Yeah. It is every Lionel Richie song is twice as long as it needs to be. hundred Every time I checked, oh my God. like, is are we doing repeat and fade? I would look and the little line would be, like, less than halfway through the song. Yes. And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can already tell that you're not going to introduce any new there's not going to be a new like bridge there's not there's not gonna be any new structures added to this yeah i've already heard everything that i'm gonna hear from this song yeah and you're telling me that it's gonna go on for as long again as it has it has been yeah he doesn't repeat and fade he just repeats yes just repeats at the same volume and it's like to make three minutes feel like six in a car in los angeles is i think a dick move (laughs) yes and that is what Lionel Richie did to me. Yeah. Well, I felt that way when I was stuck driving to Fresno and I threw on Ugh. Dancing on the Ceiling. And then 45 minutes in, I realized that he was just going to repeat the whole album again. Yeah. I didn't do I didn't do that. I know, I just, but I like, was stuck on the to... 99 and I was like, man, fuck you, Lionel Richie. Like, this is the fourth time I have listened to Dancing yeah. on the Ceiling. Like, right now, it's just the karaoke version. It's just the instrumental. Like, I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great time to go buy yourself some gas. <laughs> that's, that's actually what I did on the way back. I pulled over in Pixley, which is nowhere. I don't know the 99. Yeah. It, I don't know her. It was my I'm second a five. time. I'm a five woman. That's fair. But I pulled over in Pixley, stopped at a gas station, threw on Red Taylor's version, and that got me the rest <laughs> of the way home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it made me it made me crave Carly Rae Jepsen specifically. I think because of the the smoothness of the sound. Mm-hmm. Like I did I was like, I want these good vibes, but like in a peppier 
package. Yeah, I was so bored after listening to Back to Front for the second time that I literally put on Tom Waits. Well, Tom Waits is not boring. <laughs> Poor Tom Waits is not boring and he does have a point of view. Yes. Yes. Say, say yes, what you, you will, will about him. You absolutely get a sense of, of who Tom he Waits, is. even if it's not something that you could ever articulate. Yes, exactly. You may not know what he's doing, but you know what he's, but you get it. Yeah. So, somewhere between Sam Shepard and a underwater tuba. dilapidated house of emus. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. So if you're looking to chill out, I guess listen to some Lionel Richie. But honestly, we've just, yeah, we'll just I, listen to Donna Summer. Yeah. Y'all just listen to Donna Summer. Yeah. So. Or like Al Green? I don't know. Maybe. But like, <laughs> just picking from the like, people we've done already. Like, yeah. Or like like Marvin Gaye? Just go, like, go back a little farther. Yeah. Just go back a little farther. Yeah. Like or Prince. Not- or listen to Prince. Yeah. Just go back another like five years. Yeah. Yeah. And is this in your curriculum? No. No. No, not it's at not all. not in mine. Yeah. All right. Well. But I'm, you know, as is usually the case with these projects, I'm glad I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I know. And now I really don't have to listen to 98% of them ever again. So we'll take a brief pause. And when we come back, we'll do Seven Samurai. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah, we. I think we are. I just picked up my cat, which is a risky move. Yeah, we'll see if she sits and behaves during this. So, seven samurai. Seven samurai. So, should you count us in? Sure. One, two, three. Interesting. <laughs> Let's just talk about what this movie is like, just structurally yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to let you lead with this because I was nervous about this episode because I was like, this is the first time that I'm coming in having, like, ready to kind of poo-poo both things. Yeah. I don't poo-poo Lionel Richie, I think, as hard. But, like, I'm not excited about either of these things. And so I feel like if if you're going to bring some positivity to this day. Sure. You should, you should do that. So, okay. Before we even get too far into our discussion of the movie, this movie is three and a half hours long. It is in black and white. It is all in Japanese, and yet, in yeah, my opinion... None of which is, is my objection. Yeah, and yet I think it still is more engaging and more... Oh, and the movie is almost 70 years old at this point, I think is the biggest thing that makes it... It, does, it feels, for its time, pretty sharp and pretty engaging, and I still enjoyed myself watching it. Yeah, I know some people struggle with either black and whiteness or subtitles and no shade to those people. Those things can be challenging. I do not struggle with either of those things. I don't even struggle with three and a half hourness. My favorite movie is Titanic. Right. (laughs) But I do struggle sometimes with things that we respect because they're the things that came before. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's important. I'm glad somebody made this movie. Yeah, this one was a fun one for me to watch because, like, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of action movies. Like, favorite actor was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Big, big fan. So I've seen a lot. And even as an adult where I feel like my taste is um, better, <laughs> I still have a lot of appreciation. There's no action, movies are, there's no action movies are fun. Yeah. But I was like... Truly, like, give give me the C-list yeah, Schwarzenegger the... crap. Give me the crap. I'm seven Live and I don't Live free or die hard. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Commando is the one that I think of as just like, mm, yeah, that's some real shit. Okay. But as someone who has really enjoyed that genre, and that is ostensibly what this movie is, it's like an action epic. It was fun to yeah. see like a movie that really is unlike Lionel Richie, where we were like, did anyone really get their ideas from Lionel Richie? It was yeah. fun to watch Seven Samurai because it's like, oh, People definitely got their ideas from Seven Samurai. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It had this like film nerd vibe mm-hmm. to it, but it it felt like very earned. Yeah, to me, like it's it's a cherry orchard to me. It's a mm-hmm. the seagull. It's like, yes, I see that this was an important step that we needed to make in this art form, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't feel that it doesn't taste like vitamins to me. Sure. Now that the step has been stepped. Yeah. And I do think that it is, it definitely feels its age sometimes. Like the music is kind of like old and scratchy. Sure. Some of the visuals don't really translate. I think the other thing that is challenging about this movie that I've seen in the one other Kurosawa movie that I've seen is he draws a lot from Japanese theater, which has a lot of like either very small movements and is very slow or has really big movements and sometimes doesn't really translate to a modern viewer's eye. Sure. There's a couple of characters in Seven Samurai who are just what we would think of today as being very over the top. Yeah, yeah, cartoony. Yeah, like very bit. cartoonish. Like, yeah, yeah, there's like the one guy that is making the same face the entire. Yeah. Picture the tragedy mask yeah. from The Faces of Drama. He makes that face for 3 hours. Yeah. Like, don't his cheeks get tired? Apparently not. And then there's Toshiro Mifune, who's, like, jumping around and laughing all the time in ways that, like, don't really translate. But I could see if you were, like, a Japanese person who understands Japanese theater, like, sitting down and seeing that, you're like, oh, I see what he's doing here. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, some of that is is a little bit challenging. But it is a movie that is three and a half hours long, but it's still very clear what's happening. Yeah. Like, he really does lay it out pretty well and like there's some stuff that if it was made today like they could definitely do in half an hour what he does in an hour and a half i was only yeah i i was never lost early in the film it was hard for me to know what i was supposed to like retain or pay attention to Mm -hmm. i think because it was kind of like moving slowly like i feel like they're if you made that movie now there's there's just like an economy of signal that happens in most feature films that I didn't feel like was happening in the first hour or so of this definitely film. Like there was just a lot of like, I want to say red herrings, but it's like not even like red herrings to the plot, just like red herrings to like, what do I, what should I be paying attention to? Yes. Yes, I agree. Like, who am I following? What's important right now? But that's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to decide whether I want to say that I was not bored. I, I will say, I was the same amount bored the whole way through. <laughs> okay. We watched it in two halves because yeah. it's so long. We did. There is an intermission written into it. Yeah. So we just, we did it over two nights and I did, I, it's like coming back to it. I was like, I gotta do, we gotta do that again. Mm-hmm. The same amount that we did last night. Yeah. Now but- we got, like we basically watched a movie last night in which very little occurred. And now. We have to do that same amount again tonight, but more occurred. Yeah, definitely. The second half is more interesting than the first. Well, I don't want to say interesting, but it is more action packed than the first half. Yeah. It's a very slow burn. Yeah, it's a slow burn and not in a way that 
to me is really that compelling. I don't feel like there was a lot of it's kind of like like the characters are very much which I think is also like a Japanese theater thing but I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Like the characters are very much like this guy this one is the this one. And that's his thing and that's who he is. Yeah. And like he has a this kind of destiny mm -hmm. and that's where we're going. Yeah. And it like it all happens really like neatly. Like it's a it's a it's a very put together film. Yeah. But like if something's going to burn slow like that, I just like kind of want like some revelation. Yeah. Or and like some more nuanced character study. But it's like that's just not what that's not what feature films were up to at that time. Yeah. In and, Hollywood either. Yeah. And I think what made it doubly challenging was like you didn't even learn a couple of the characters' names until they died. Sure. Like there was one point towards the end where they were like, oh no, Dave died. And I was like, oh, that guy's name was Dave. <laughs> like we had been calling them leader. Yeah. Hard oh yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore was our favorite. Yeah. That, that guy... That guy was doing it for me a little bit. Yeah, the funny guy, the nice guy, and the drunk. Like, that was... Uh, the young guy? We were talking about the young guy? Oh, yeah, young guy. Young, young guy. guy. We thought young guy was going to die. Because oh, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. like, oh, no, that's where the, the story's going, and young guy survived. Yeah, he made it. Well, because I think I was thinking a little bit too Hollywood codally about mm -hmm. that. But it's like, no, no, this... Yeah, this isn't a Hollywood movie. We don't, need, we don't need the Hollywood code here, which is nice. Yeah. There weren't really any women in it. There, that's true. There was like, one woman who was just very much there to be a uh, sexy lamp. Like, yeah, she it, was definitely a sexy lamp. Yeah, that's always hard for me. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's a completely legitimate criticism of the movie. Okay, so my feeling about this movie is what I thought I was going to feel about Chinatown, which is it's definitely boy stuff, but I do think that it's good boy stuff. Like, it yeah. is a very good version of I that. definitely have more respect for this endeavor than I mm -hmm. do for Chinatown. And if some, like, if a film dork was like, that's the movie that made me love movies, I'd be like, that is dorky as fuck. But, but that's that's cool for you. Yeah. If a film dork says to me, Chinatown is the movie that made me love movies, I now know that that is a red flag. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. I now know that is not a safe person sure. <laughs> to be around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's problematic. Not just if you're like, I still like it even though all of its problems. That's like, all right, you, we all like what we like. But if you're like, that is the movie that makes me love movies. Questionable. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the... That's it's the like when you me. say that the person who got you into reading is like Ernest Hemingway. And you're like, hmm... <sighs> I have some follow-up questions yeah. and the answers will be very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm immediately oh, leaving this conversation, but it is a... I mm. knew a guy once who liked Ernest Hemingway too much. Yeah. that uh, That's tough. It's yeah. tough. You were saying boy stuff, and, but it's good boy stuff? Yeah, I think it's good boy stuff. It's a good, it's a, it's a good version of that. It's not stupid boy stuff, but it is definitely boy stuff. Like you said, there's no women really yeah it, it's very much it's about a little bit stupid boy stuff it's a little bit like if you leave the stupid boy stuff on the shelf for long enough it becomes antique stupid boy stuff and then we have to take it seriously i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know that i totally agree just because so many people have taken it there's been like so many lesser versions of it over sure. the years like a lot of people have tried to do this 
yeah. and not succeeded. A lot of I people also, have tried I and done it better. I when I say stupid in the context of boy stuff, it's not as damning a word as I think it was when you said it. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's also fair. That's also fair. I was thinking like, yes. Like I, I'm, I'm using it almost interchangeably with like silly boy stuff, I think. Gotcha. I do think it is silly boy stuff. Okay. But also like sometimes silly boy stuff is like when that's the when only silly boys are allowed in an industry for a while, it's silly boy stuff that moves that industry forward because that's what's happening. Right, exactly. That's who gets to make the movies. And like, you know, better silly Japanese stuff. Yeah. Than silly Roman Polanski stuff. Yeah, like okay, to follow that analogy a little bit, like the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is pretty much all silly boy stuff. Yes, absolutely. However, one of those movies is Black Panther. Yes. And that's a great movie. Yeah. It is boy stuff, but it's a good movie. And it moved at least certainly that genre of movie forward in a really important way. Yeah, exactly. And this is an older version of that same idea. Yeah. It is definitely less watchable than Black Panther. I think if someone says to you, hey, date night, what should we watch? Black Panther or Seven Samurai? <laughs> definitely unless you are Unless you are both Kurosawa fans, I would say like, yeah. yeah. Black Panther. <laughs> Just watch Black Panther. Like, there are so many... It's weird that that's what this has come down to, but yes, that is but, like, sound advice. <laughs> there are so many movies that have drawn from this that I think are just more enjoyable watches yeah. that are trying to do the same thing. Like, Ocean's Eleven is kind of yeah, like I this Yeah, I feel movie. like just watch Ocean's Eleven. But, but if you're like, I've seen Ocean's Eleven a bunch of times, and I'm curious where it came from. Like... I would recommend Seven Samurai over Ocean's 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want more of that, don't go watch the sequels because they're dreadful. Mm-hmm. Go watch Seven Samurai. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're like, I love the fight at Helm's Deep in Two Towers, like the whole thing is in the rain. I got another final fight for you that's in the rain and oh, it yeah, looks really yeah, good. Yeah, the rain, Seven Samurai. The rain, the rain was nice. The rain was really cool. Like, yeah. and, and that was probably real rain like i think so i yeah. was really trying to decide i was like do they have do they have that i mean they might have but it really did look authentic like yeah. they were not scenically wet they were wet they, yeah they were they were in the mud wet. they were like horses were falling down in the mud it was the I hope those horses were okay i think <laughs> i had to say to you several times those horses are fine <laughs> those horses are fine they're not really hurt they're not real horses I know. I worry when things are old enough. I'm like, well, when when did those standards really come into? Which is that's fair. You know, that's fair. There's a there's like an old video of a cat getting its paws glued to something like a sheet of cardboard, basically like cardstock. Mm-hmm. And the solution is that the person cuts out around the paws so that they are now just like glued to a tiny piece so they can walk. And it's very amusing because the cat is like. Sh- has to shake every foot every time it steps off of a foot it shakes yeah. it and it makes the cat well it looks like the ministry of silly walks yeah but i saw it and was like immediately panicked because i was like that's before there were regulations of like who had to be on site like watching for the interests of that cat yeah so like sure while the camera's rolling it's funny to make a cat walk funny like that's that's an amount of bothering a domestic pet that i'm not uncomfortable with right like the length of that shot but once the cameras are off, how'd you get that off? Like, did you use a glue that was safe for their little pads? Like, mm-hmm. what happens now to that cat and its little paws? Like, I'm worried that they just 
yanked <laughs> it and it was sore. Yeah. Well, maybe it was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now I'm worried about the cat. <laughs> yeah. Save the cat, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I don't, I should, I should really do more research to just put my own mind at ease. Of, like when, when did it become the law of films that you had to have someone on set mm-hmm. who was just defending the interests of the animal yeah <laughs> that you cast yeah you know like now if i saw that exact thing made now i would be like oh i'm sure it was water soluble like yeah. i'm sure that cat had a great day yeah other than that like 40 seconds of walking funny i'm sure it was very pampered and well compensated yeah exactly meat tubes and stuff yeah but i don't know i don't know when those things were put in place and that makes me worry about the horses in the rain yeah <laughs> They have delicate ankles. They do. You know what I was thinking when I was reflecting on the movie after we watched it was this might have been affected by, as we discussed when we watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, I was recovering from gum surgery. So I had a lot of... What happened to Baby Jane? I always do two J's. What happened to Baby Jane? Baby Jane. Yeah. What happened? What happened? Baby Jane. I was recovering from gum surgery, so I had a lot of codeine rushing through my system. So it's kind of an unfair comparison, but... There was definitely a point, like I just 45. frequently have a lot of opiates rushing through my system. Yeah, well, I mean, you have... It's migraine, migraines. Yeah, chronic migraines. But there was like a point 45 minutes into that movie where I was like, oh man, like, can we just, can we just move this along a little bit? Like, I know where this is going more or less. Yeah. Can we just get there? Yeah, I think, well, I think that's part of why like old things sometimes feel to me so vitamin-y is that it's like, We've just been trained. We know too much. We've been trained too well as film audiences to pick up on stuff. And we just don't need as much. We don't need to be told as much to understand as much. Yeah. And that's definitely um, true. That's And that's just like because more movies have been made and we've had access to more movies for our whole lives. And it's just hard to go backwards. It's just hard to go back to a time when like you did have to take the audience by the hand a little bit more. Not because they were stupider, but just because like... It was a newer form of communicating Mm -hmm. and you had to be clear. Yeah. And they hadn't seen 20 movies like this already. Right. Yeah. Something I think that this movie does really well, though, in in spite of that, is when the final fight happens, it could have been just a hour long mess. Yeah. Like, But they not only did they lay out like, here's where all the entrances to the town are like an hour and a half in. Yes. But right before that, they were like, there are. 40 men yeah we are seven they have three guns and every time they got yes. one of the guns one was of the like, things yes was really there were clear objectives they were like represented visually yes for us. Like, which they was helpful had, like a map and a like checklist they did yes <laughs> and they had little dots so they could cross off when they killed yeah, people and be like we go like this is how many are left and yeah i found that really helpful yeah that was super helpful and also because of when the first samurai dies you know that some of the seven samurai are not gonna survive right but you're not sure who and so i would have been disappointed if they had I, I, I would have been disappointed too, but like the fact that, especially because he goes out in such like an immediate fashion. Yeah. You don't know who's going to die because there's a lot of times where people are putting themselves in ridiculous situations and surviving. And then there's one guy who's just like battles over and then he gets shot. Yeah. And that was legitimately surprising. I think both you and I were like, huh. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. I, I liked that we didn't really know. Like, I know we were talking about how everyone kind of had an archetype to them, and they did. But 
it wasn't like now where it's like, oh, everyone's got an archetype. And also that guy's worm food, that guy's worm food, that guy's yeah, worm food. Yeah, I felt like I understood what their likely destinies were like in like as far as like their role in the battle. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what every outcome was going to be. I feel like there was a point where we were like, well, if this guy makes it, then that guy won't. It's going to be yes. like two out of these three. Mm-hmm. And then if this guy, like, depending on how this thing goes down with this woman. Yeah. Then we'll see what we think his odds are. Like, we had we had sort of, like, laid out some some different, like, what do you call that? Decision trees? Sure, yes. That's not the word I meant, but I think it is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like flowchart. Flowchart, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But decision tree is actually more clear about what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a yeah. more clear description of the thing that I want. But yeah, but we weren't sure like which, you know, how it was all gonna, which yeah. works we were gonna. Trouble. Like there were a couple of characters who had a conversation early on where they were like, this is gonna be our last fight. This is gonna be the thing that kills us. And both of those people survive. Yeah. And the whole time we were like, well, like when we were doing our math, we were like, well, they obviously have to die because they had that conversation earlier and that's yeah. got to pay off. Yeah. And then like this guy's story wrapped up. So he's got to die. He didn't die no, either. He didn't die. The only one who who died. Well, and was... I yeah, I thought the purity thing. I thought the the people that had sex out of wedlock mm-hmm. were gonna have to. Yeah. I, I thought that was gonna. I thought I thought it was gonna be. I was like, if this romance doesn't pay off, then they'll be fine because like he has to survive the battle so that the romance can pay off. Mm-hmm. But if it if it happens before the battle, then he's definitely gonna die. Right. Because and I think we can all agree. That a similar movie made in America at the same time probably would have done it the way I said. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was legitimately surprising to me when they had that whole, like, let's have it out. We discovered that these two people are having an affair. And all of the samurai are like, come on, it's like, war. You know what? Like, emotions are running high. Yeah. Like, and let's just... all just take a chill pill yeah and, and the, let the kids have their fun yeah and then the dad of the daughter's like my daughter is soiled goods and they like slap him in the face and they're, and they're like, like no, dude no no don't no, no, act no. like that yeah knock <laughs> it the fuck off get back to your post we have a battle to fight yeah that and, is not what would have happened in a hollywood oh film. god no god no <laughs> it would have been like she is indeed yeah she is indeed a harlot she must now she must now become a prostitute mm-hmm. and die slowly of coughing yes indeed she will sell her hair and her teeth sing a sad song and die yeah (laughs) yeah so i i did appreciate that like for a movie made in 1950 something japan like that particular piece of it was legitimately surprising yeah i think that's that's what it boils down to is i feel like this i know because i think of japan as like also like such a purity culture Mm -hmm. but it's I, i guess it just manifests differently yeah i think so So when I was thinking about this, where do I put this movie on like old movies that I like versus old movies that I never need to see again? On one end of the spectrum. Oh, I certainly never need to see it again. Sure. (laughs) On one end of the spectrum, you have All About Eve, which is an old movie that I love. I will watch it anytime. On the other end of the spectrum, you have Citizen Kane, where I'm like, okay, I understand that this movie invented a lot of modern cinematography Mm -hmm. techniques, but also absolutely fuck this movie. I never need to watch this again. Yeah. Seven Samurai is somewhere in the middle. It's just like pretty squarely in between the two where I'm like, it's very good for what it is. Like for a 70 year old movie, for a three and a half hour black and white movie, it is still good. There is good stuff about it. Am I gonna be like, ooh, it's movie night. Let's watch Seven Samurai. No, I am almost certainly not gonna do that. But 
if someone's asking me like, oh, I'm in the mood to watch an old movie. Yeah. What should I do? I'd be like, oh, if you're like down for an old movie, Seven Samurai is a good choice. Yeah. And you seem, yeah, if you're like looking to be a film geek. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Yeah. This is a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. It's a great geeky movie to watch and then talk to other film geeks and be like, and know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. This is archetypical of like, there is a guy at the party who is talking to you about Seven Samurai. You leave the party and you're like, should I watch that movie? If you have any interest in old movies, I would say, yeah, watch this movie. Yeah. Like if you're if you're good watching an old movie, I would say, yes, watch this movie. If it is not your thing, it's, that, it's not going to be for you. Yeah. I guess I feel like if the question is like, is it in our curricula? I don't know what class I would be teaching. That, mm-hmm. that I would require this film. I think I but would... But I, w- I wouldn't discourage mm-hmm. another professor. I yeah. wouldn't be like, you're using your class time and influence for that. I think I would... I would put this in my curriculum, though. Now I get to pick what kind of class it would be. I mean, I could say, like, history of the action movie, but that's boring. That's that's not... Like, that is But an it's answer. legit. Yeah. Or, it's... like, I could see it being in just, like, a... Like, are all the old movies about white people? No, they're not. You know what I would put it in? I would put it (laughs) in like... Would you you like a demonstration of that? Sure, here is one. I would put it in some class that is like explorations of masculinity. Mm. Because I feel like there's a bunch of different ways that people are going about being super macho. But you don't think that if you were putting together... Like, if you were starting from nothing and you were like, I want to do explorations of masculinity, you don't think you would fill 12 weeks of stuff before you got to Seven Samurai? Like, that's why I always end up with, like, really, like, specific, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really, like, zeroed in sure, class sure, sure. titles because it's, like, it has to be something that it's, like, only, only this, mm-hmm. only this could teach that. Yeah, if it was, like, the samurai and the superhero, like... How do we get from olden timey movies to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So I guess it is history of the action movie. Yeah, history of cinematic heroism. Or like history of the epic. Or just like epic tales in general. You know, if I were... Or like, but I I feel like there is something to like portraits of heroism. Mm -hmm. Profiles and courage, if you will. Yes, what does that mean in film? What has it meant what are some perspectives on that that are not white Hollywood? Yeah. And how how have those things sort of braided together to become what we have now? Yeah, I agree. And you've said it a few times, and I just want to like put a really fine line under it, which is that this is one of the most influential movies ever made, and it is not a Hollywood movie, yeah. which I think is really cool. That we are seeing something that is very outside the mold of the time. And if any of that is interesting to you, I highly recommend watching this movie. But I think also with the caveat that you should strap in for a three and a half hour black and white movie. It is not going to be like watching Guardians of the Galaxy. You got to be in the right no, mood for it. It's Break not it up be over like a couple days Titanic. if you want to. Yeah, it's not going to be like watching Titanic because Titanic is... I mean, Titanic is a great movie. So, but I do think... It's the best movie. <laughs> I think it is worthwhile and I think it is on my curriculum because I I had fun. Yeah. I had fun. I could see why it's important and it wasn't just... It wasn't like Citizen Kane where it was only important and isn't fun. Yeah. So that's just me. 
Yeah, Citizen Kane could go in uh, the history of men mistaking male tantrum for interesting character. Yes. <laughs> for like like deep, deep nuanced. <laughs> yeah. Like fully explored, rounded anti-hero. Yes. Like, no. <laughs> I 100% agree. And one of the things that I like about this movie is there is a character who has a couple tantrums in this movie and everyone's reaction is always like, What's his problem? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I 100% agree about Citizen Kane. I never need to see that movie again as long as I live. That will not be covered on this podcast. Just warning you right now. Because we've both seen it and don't, don't like it. Yeah. No. If you're wondering, is it on our curriculum? No. Fuck yeah. it. No. You never need to see it. Anyone who tells you that you need to watch Citizen Kane, that's a red flag. No follow-up questions. Unless they are literally your film professor. Yeah, if you are pursuing, like, knowledge of film and someone is like, listen, you need to watch Citizen Kane. Yeah, if they say it like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you show up to a Tinder date. Yeah, if someone is like, legit, this is a great movie, really holds up. Run. Yeah. Run away. Run away. They will not please you sexually. No. <laughs> yeah. I hope Just calling that shot right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that's that's the worst they do. Yes. Agreed. So with that, I think that brings us to the end of Seven Samurai. So I liked it. You don't. It's on my curriculum. It's not on yours. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of an oversimplification. But... Okay. So what what would you say? I respect its place in history, and I don't need to watch it again. Fair enough. But I'm not going to say that I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But you didn't hate it. But I I didn't not like it. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I think you summed it up really well. You might have said it earlier on the podcast, but just in case you didn't, I want to get it on the air where you said, I understand why some people are nerds about this. But it's definitely not me who needs yeah, to. Yeah, I just don't need to be. You don't need a to be nerd that nerd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's totally fine. It has its fine. own nerds. Yeah, exactly. And that's great. So thank you for listening. Join in again next week where we're going to be doing Regina Spector and Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And until then, hey, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Give us a follow, subscribe, any of that. It all really helps. So until then, everyone, thank you for listening and good night and good luck. <laughs>